Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, May 27th. Torah, 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 or Orbiting the Giant Hairball. Today's scripture reading, Galatians chapter 3, verses 19 through 21, from Mike's Amplified Version, which reads, Well, what then was the purpose of that system of rules and commands, a.k.a. the Torah? It was added into the relational equation of the people because of their proven proclivity towards losing their way, leaving the path, and in general, making a moral mess of things until such time as the specified seed should come to whom the promise had been irrevocably made. And please note, that system of rules and commands, all 613 of them, was enacted by means of an angelic interposition by the hand of a human go-between. In other words, it was indirectly passed through channels, since having a go-between means there are at least two parties to go-between, i.e., It's a bilateral arrangement. But God is just one party, and the promise, unilateral and direct. Well, does this system of rules and commands stand opposed to the promises of God? I can't yell no loud enough. In fact, if a system of rules and commands had been able to deliver the goods and communicate life, this system of rules and commands would have done so and squared us up quite nicely with God. This is God's Word. This is a giant hairball. So spoke George Parker in a meeting of his department heads and senior managers. George was an advertising man who had left Chicago and come to Kansas City to play a roaring Peter the Great to the creative division of Hallmark Cards for a decade before moving on. The crude little hairball comment was in reference to his very own creative division. What a disgusting term, I thought. I rejected the image, put it out of my head. But the metaphor was not to be dismissed so easily. A couple of weeks later, I was driving down the street, my mind in neutral, when quite suddenly a thought popped up. Wait a minute. There's a time when there is no hairball. So where do hairballs come from? I pondered a moment and then reasoned. Well, two hairs unite. Then they're joined by another, and another, and another. And before long, where there was once nothing, this tangled, impenetrable mass has begun to form. George's words were finally getting through to me. The creative division is a giant hairball, I thought. More than that, Hallmark is a giant hairball. This is the inner dialogue of Gordon McKenzie in his book Orbiting the Giant Hairball, A Corporate Fool's Guide to Surviving with Grace, who goes on to observe that within any human organization like Hallmark, intricate patterns of effective behavior grow around organizational lessons of success and failure, creating a Gordian knot of corporate normalcy, i.e. conformity with the accepted model, pattern, or standard of the corporate mindset. Every new policy is another hair for the hairball. Hairs are never taken away, only added. Even frequent reorganizations have failed to remove hairs. People sometimes, hairs never. 
Quite the contrary. Each reorganization seems to add a whole new layer of hairs. The hairball grows enormous. And then this. With the increase in the hairball's mass comes a corresponding increase in the hairball's gravity. There is such a thing as corporate gravity. As in the world of physics, so too in the corporate world. The gravitational pull a body exerts increases as the mass of that body increases. And, like physical gravity, it is the nature of corporate gravity to suck everything into the mass. In this case, into the mass of corporate normalcy. Resynthesizing past successes is the habit of the hairball. Gordon's conclusion? Creativity is found in orbit around the mass of the corporate hairballs we make whenever we humans combine together to do anything. Just far enough out to remain in orbit while still being freed from the enmeshed tangles of the hairball. It is here that the bigger picture of the purpose and vision that brought people together in the first place are realized. Power and creativity reside on the fringes, in the margins, not in the middle of the hairballs that we make. All right, wait, so what does all this have to do with Galatians or with the Torah for that matter? Well, replace the word corporate above with religion or even with church or with Torah. There are at least three layers to the word Torah, which simply means teaching, direction, or guidance, which is so much less and more than law, rule, or statute. There is that simple level of Torah as teaching and direction from the keeper of wisdom. Think mentor or rabbi or sensei. It's Mr. Miyagi to Daniel's son in Karate Kid. This simple first layer of Torah captured in the immortal words of the prophet Micah. He has shown you, creature of dust, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Then there is the second layer of the Torah, the layer of what I would call its encapsulization, or in the case of the Ten Commandments, the engraving in stone or the imprinting on page of that Torah as a collection of its words, lessons, observations, and stories. Meet the Torah, the first five books of what we know as the Old Testament, and what is called in Hebrew the, well, the first part of the Tanakh, the Torah. Then there is the third layer of Torah, as the accumulated traditions, interpretations, commentaries, and practices that have gathered over time around this encapsulation. Meet the law, which in Judaism means the Talmud, the Mishnah, okay, it gets complicated. Meet the giant hairball. And while we're at it, meet Christianity in whichever specific tradition. Meet religion in general. For that matter, meet your government with all of its departmental bureaucracies, regulations, and red tape. Yeah, underneath all that, there is the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And yes, meet your local church, be it mega or mini. Giant hairballs. We can't help but make them. Though good originating purposes are the pulsating core buried within them. But they suck us into their corporate normalcy, rewarding performative compliance and cursing aberrations, be they ever so creative and beautiful. Yea, they'll nail them to the wall, or to the nearest cross will do. 
hairballs don't save us, as necessary a byproduct of all human endeavors though they be. They just suck us into their enforced normalcies. Until the fullness of time comes, when God sends his son from the midst of this giant hairball, breaking us free from its pull, placing us in the empowering, vision-expanding orbit of faith, expressing itself by love, in which all those original purposes are at last realized. Okay, perhaps all this made sense to you, or perhaps I just entangled you within the locks of my own devotional hairball. In which case, take a breath, Clear your head and just read the third page of Galatians again. See what new thing pops out at you. And then pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. To what extent does the hairball metaphor resonate with you? What other metaphors might you find helpful? To what degree has your experience of religion been like a giant hairball? How do we break out of it, finding freedom beyond it as we enter into a healthy orbit around its original life-giving intentions? Layer upon layer, line upon line, hair upon hair. Oh God, the leviathons we build around the best of intentions. Lord, free me from the giant hairball, be it religious or cultural or political. Free me from its gravitational pull into stifling normalcy and conformity, however well meant, and into the empowering orbit of faith expressing itself by love, grounded in the deepening reality of you in Jesus. Through your spirit with, upon, and in us. Amen.